turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. As we are continuing to to work our way through the Gospel of Mark, this this life and and history of, of Jesus and His miracles and His teachings and so much here. And I'm just so enjoying this. Well, we for a couple of weeks have been here in Mark chapter 4, in the early part of Mark chapter 4, and Jesus was telling a group of people a parable. Now, as I've mentioned before, a parable, a biblical parable, one of Jesus' parables was a great story or is a great story with a greater principle. So now that you understand what a parable again is, Let's start reading uh, with verse 3. Jesus said this, A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along a path, and the birds came and ate it up. And some fell on rocky, soil, uh, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much uh, soil, It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear much grain. Now, I want to stop here for a moment as as in the text. Now, there's more to it and we'll get to that. But uh, I can't help but wonder, and remember now, Jesus is telling this story. We know this is the background. He's, he's in a boat. He's a little ways off of the shore. He's actually on the Sea of Galilee. He's probably about maybe this far, and the shore is this, perhaps this front pew, and there's a whole bunch of people gathered so that they can hear him better. There's a crowd of people. He's telling them this story, and as they're listening, I can't help but wonder if the people who were listening to Jesus' parable were thinking at this point, what a waste, right? Now, now again, just imagine yourself in that scene and, and they're listening to this story and I'm thinking that they were thinking, what a terrible waste. I mean, there, there's hard-packed soil where nothing, there's hard-packed soil where, where nothing, was, nothing was planted because it was, it was too hard. And, and, then there was, and then there was stony soil where something was planted and, and, and yet nothing was produced, uh, nothing lasted rather. And then, and then Jesus tells this third soil that it was weedy soil and, and, and nothing, nothing came of it. It, it grew, but it, it was choked out. So Jesus is, remember, just you may be familiar with the story, but look at it for the first time. As the people were listening to this story, maybe they remembered past growing seasons and fields and gardens. Fields and gardens with bad soil conditions and zero harvest. You know, I'm just wondering if somebody is out there listening and they're going, oh yeah, I've had years like that. Nothing came up. Oh, I remember that year that the weeds came in and just infested everything. And oh, it was bad. And and these these wonderful people, they're listening and they're going, yeah, yeah. It's not a great story to this point. 
Uh, in fact, it's kind of a bummer story to this point. I'm not putting it down. He had a greater purpose, but kind of a bummer story because nothing came of it. Jesus wasn't done, of course. In verse 8, he told the best part of the story. He said this, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it grew, it produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, even a hundred times. Now again, just for a moment, step back from the text and imagine the scene. Jesus is speaking, the people are listening, and to this point they're going, oh man, I've had years like that. But then when he tells this, this last part here in verse 8, I, I, think, that, I think the people, as they, as they were listening to that story, they, 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 they go, oh yeah. Oh, we've had years like that. And I can just, I can imagine some guy poking his wife and saying, remember that year we got so fat because there was so much food? What a great year. Wish every year was like that. But oh yeah, we've had years like that too. These people understood what was happening here. Notice, please, that Jesus described this last soil, this one here in verse 8, in direct contrast to the other soils. It's really interesting. Jesus said, in this soil, it came up. Unlike soil number one, where the seed just lay on the surface and birds came along and carried it away and ate it up. So, so his wording was specific. Jesus said, with this one, it came up, whereas that one, nothing came up. He said, Jesus went on and he said, with this soil, it grew Unlike soil number two where the seed grew, but the plant withered and died. Jesus said, with this good soil, it produced a crop. Unlike soil number three that came up, grew, but never produced a crop. And then Jesus added this. Now, and, and so, so we get this. We understand it. You see this visual here before us of these three different kinds of soil, or rather four different kinds of soil conditions. We understand it. But then Jesus said something that it's very easy to miss, but I don't want you to miss it. Jesus then added how this last and best soil not only produced a crop, it produced an amazing crop. Jesus said that this was a harvest that, ha that was a multiple return on what was planted. Jesus said it was multiplied. He used that word. It was multiplied, he said, by a measure of 30 and 60 and even 100. Now, most of us, uh, most of us understand this, right? We, many of us here are, are, are close to agronomics or were, were one or two generations uh, removed from that. And so we, maybe you've grown a garden, you've planted a plant. We, under, we understand this. Um, those who grow food here uh, understand this even more. Some of the crops grown in our region, and, you, and by the way, I'm going to say a couple things here that, that I, I, I might be wrong. I think I'm right because I got the information off the internet, and that's always correct. So, but if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, you come up and tell me afterwards. But let me, let me give a couple of examples like wheat. It, 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 wheat, it, one grain of wheat planted properly in good soil can produce, on average, 50 grains per stalk or plant. 
So you, you, you plant one, you get 50. That's a pretty good return. Or soybeans. A lot of people raise soybeans here. Soybeans, one soybean planted properly and in good conditions can return somewhere between 90 to 150 beans per plant, between 30 and, and 50 pods, each with about three in, in each pod. So, so, so you plant one and you get 90 to 150 corn. In fact, that's, that's what I have in my hand here. Uh, corn, just, just one kernel of corn planted in the right conditions with good soil, depending on the number of cobs per stalk, can return 800 to 1,600 kernels per plant. That's, that's an amazing return. But then, I, I've seen sunflowers. Some of you, have, and, and I checked out sunflowers. Sunflowers, I understand one sunflower seed properly planted in good soil conditions can have a return of 1,000 to 2,000 seeds per plant. I'll tell you what, that's a lot of sunflower seeds out of just one. So we understand multiplied returns. We get that. In fact, some of you, your, your whole livelihood depends upon that multiplication of an investment. But Jesus was not teaching agronomy. As he sat in that boat teaching the people on the shore, Jesus didn't gather them together for a lesson in agriculture. And if that's all we get when we read this, then we miss it. Because a little bit later, along with his disciples, Jesus explained the deeper meaning of this soil. In verse 20, Jesus said this, Other people, like seed, sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. So what was Jesus saying here in verse 20? He was telling them, the disciples who were before him, and he's telling us, because it's there for our benefit, he's telling us that what Jesus does in us, what the Word does in us, because again, he says he's talking about the Word sown in our lives, what Jesus done in, does in us, what his Word does in us is different than anything else that can happen to us. That, that only what he does in us will last forever. Only what He does in us will make any eternal difference in our world. Let me say that again, because it's really important that you get that. Only what Jesus done, does in us will last forever, and only what He does in us will make an eternal difference in our world. In this room this morning, there's a lot of people who do a lot of different things, a lot of different jobs, all of them important unless you're a game show host, and that just isn't that important. I don't know why I threw that in there. <laughs> but most of, of what anybody can do here today is very important. But here's the thing. Only what's done in Jesus' name will last forever. Only what we do for Him. You can work a lifetime and do a lot of good things and accomplish many things and attain certain things. You can, you can make a big splash in any size of pond throughout your lifetime. 
But it's only what we do in His name that will last beyond this lifetime. And that's really important for us to remember because there are so many things that we can get wrapped up in. And I, I'm speaking from personal experience. There's, there's so many things that we can get wrapped up in and do, and we, and we forget about this eternal perspective. Jesus here is saying that if you do something in me, if my word does something in you or through you, then the difference that it's going to make is going to last beyond this life. It's going to last forever. And then again, Jesus showed how the seed of his word is multiplied. It's multiplied. And, and again, you, you see that, you see that, well, it was on, it was on the previous one where in, in, in verse 8 where he, talk, he uses the word multiplied. This multiplication principle is really important for us to remember. This, this principle of multiplication that it's really easy to miss in the text is extremely important for us to remember. And here's why. When we see a lot of what we do is not multiplication, but it's subtraction. It's subtraction. Let me explain. The, fir the first three parts of Jesus' story are all about subtraction. It's really all about subtraction. Um, three seeds... here put this one back in uh, these three seeds that I hold in my hand planted in three different kinds of soils putting them in the pots here and nothing is produced means that I had three I got a return of zero three minus three equals zero I planted three seeds, I got no seeds back. I planted seeds here, but birds came and carried it away. I planted seeds here, but it grew, but then, then it was choked out. It never developed a root system. I planted seeds here, and it grew, and, and it maybe continued to grow, but it didn't do what the plant, it just kind of takes up space. It's just kind of a decorative thing. It didn't produce or reproduce what I planted. And it's all about subtraction. Three seeds planted in three different places that did not produce meant that those three seeds came to nothing. That is a 100% loss in three places. And that is subtraction. Three minus three is nothing. Have you ever shared the good news of Jesus Christ with someone and it seems nothing came of it. Have you ever done something in His name? By the way, Jesus said that if even a cup of water is given to someone in His name, it will be remembered of Him. I believe for eternity. But have you ever done something for someone and it seems like nothing came of it? Or you shared the good news of Jesus Christ with someone and it seemed like nothing came of it. You shared his plan. You shared his sacrifice on the cross. You shared about his marvelous resurrection from the dead. What he offers to, to those who will only believe. But, but you shared and then it's like they never even heard it. Has that ever happened to you? 
It's hard. And you, just, you feel. <laughs> Some of you are really feeling this, and you know it because you feel like you just wasted your time and your energy. It's like, what a waste. Or maybe you lead someone to Christ, and they come to Him. And something begins in their life. But their, their old friends or perhaps their family come, come down on them for serving Jesus Christ. And, and because of that resistance, because of that resistance, the rocks, it, 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 it really never develops. And before you know it, though they followed Jesus for a time, they withered and they died. And, and, and in the end you go, Really? It was going so good. And you thought to yourself, what waste. Or you, you, you led someone to Christ and you discipled them and you encouraged them and you walked this life with them for a long time and they, they still live in Him, but they seem to do nothing for Him. They're just kind of a decorative Christian. They, if they die, they're, they're going to go to heaven, but it's not like they're really accomplishing much for the kingdom. They fail to reproduce in others what Jesus has done in them. And as you observe it, you go, oh, it's great, I'm glad that there's something green there, but it's like all the stuff has just kind of choked the life out of them, and what a waste. That is subtraction. You're going, man, I, I planted seed. And I, I trusted God and it seems like nothing came of it. So many, so many Christians, hear me on this, so many Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, people who have asked Him to come into their hearts, people who have asked Him to change their lives, become so discouraged by subtraction that they quit planting. Hear me. They can become so discouraged by the subtraction. I tried, nothing came of it. I tried, nothing came of it. I tried and nothing came of that. They become so discouraged and it's just like it's futility. And they quit planting. They no longer try to break through the hard hearts or deepen someone's roots, or address the weeds in someone else's life. It's a danger that all of us have faced and all of us have experienced where apathy can kind of reign and we just kind of say, whatever. The diminished returns. The overwhelming subtraction can cause us to think or even to say, I tried, nothing came of it, why go through the effort? Don't raise your hands, please, but have you ever been there? Have you ever planted? Nothing came of it? Um, I, uh, this is the second church that we've pastored, the first church that my wife and I pastored um, it was in Minnesota a lot of years ago, or that the first church that we pastored was many years ago in Minnesota, and we uh, we saw a lot of amazing things happen there. But I remember there was there were a couple things in particular. One was a 
was a young woman who, who uh, really just kind of, she grew a little bit, but then she withered and died. And um, it broke our hearts. And it was so hard to see that, that, that death, that spiritual death. Um, there were a lot of people that, that we sowed the seed. I remember visiting someone just after, uh, just after we moved to, uh, to that community. We, we went and shared with someone, a family that had gone through a terrible tragedy that involved Jeffrey Dahmer. Some of you remember him from the news. And this family had a, one of their children, uh, father rather, was a victim of that horrible thing back in the early 90s. And, and uh, I remember sowing that seed and, and believing I mean, that, oh God, there's going to be something good from this, this horrible tragedy, but we shared and, and nothing penetrated the ground and birds came and stole it away, so to speak. And uh, I, I just, I, I, it, was, it was so discouraging. Even seeing people grow and, boy, it was hard. I've experienced that. Some of you have experienced that. You have your own story of, of people that you really invested some time and some effort, and maybe even some money in, although that's, that's really immaterial, but, but it's, it's more the time and the, and the effort that, and the, the, the spiritual energy that you expended on it and nothing came of it. It can be very hard, and subtraction is a powerful thing. But this last soil, Jesus did not stop with verse 7. He went on to verse 8 and then later verse 20 when he talks about this good soil. This last soil, the good soil, is not about subtraction. It's not even about addition. It is about multiplication. Because one seed, just one seed in good soil. John, would you grab those things right there and bring them up to me? This one seed in good soil, thank you, John. This one seed planted in good soil, I have two cobs in my hand. This, what, maybe what, 1,600? There's about eight. I asked a couple of our farmers how many cobs. They did not know. Well, now all of you know. There's about 800 kernels per cob. There, you got an education. One seed becomes 800 or 1,600. See, that's what multiplication. And sometimes we can get so hung up when we go, lost seed, lost seed, lost seed. I got three lost seeds, wasted. I put all that time, all that effort into something. I tried to see God do an amazing change in their life. Nothing happened. But we need to hold out for the good soil and believe God that what we do in here, in this place, God can return in multiplied ways. That's the power of the Word. It's not about subtraction or addition, but multiplication. It's multiplied. What is gained far outnumbers what is lost. The joy of one person coming to Jesus Christ overrides the sorrow and the frustration of those who did not. <coughs> and the efforts are multiplied. See, here with this first soil, nothing came of it. With the second soil, nothing came of it. Third soil, nothing came of it or nothing produced. But with this one, see, this has, this has, this has something to it. This plant that I see before me has, has the potential. It has fruit that is starting here. And you see it here. And th what is going to happen is that this then is going to go and be planted elsewhere. And it is going to bear fruit. And one thing after another. Because what happens here is going to not be limited to here, but it's going to be affecting the entire world around it. And that's the power of the gospel. I mentioned a few moments ago, some of our, 
frustrations where we used to pastor. And that's just any place, any place that anybody ministers. It's a place where you minister. We have those kinds of frustrations where we share. But I shared some of mine. But there was one other thing that I need to tell you about. I don't think I've ever shared this story. But there was a, there was a young couple that, that had just begun attending our, our, our church in the last year that we were there. And we felt that God was stirring us and getting us ready to go someplace. And, but I didn't want to be a lame duck pastor, so I just kept really trusting God and believing Him. And, and, and my wife had a hairstylist who she went to, and, 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 they be, and the, the connection was made. And, and, and eventually they came to Christ. There was a wonderful man or woman. They, they were not married. They were living together at the time, but we, we ministered to them and we reached out to them. And Great things happened in their lives. And I had the privilege of marrying them. They became husband and wife. And then God called us here. And we lost touch with them. Only to find out later that God called that couple into ministry. They have since planted a church in Minnesota. And amazing things are happening. I take no credit for it. Only that I was a small part in planting God's Word. And look what God has done. And I'll tell you what, though my heart breaks for those people that I shared with and nothing came of it, I rejoice over the, over the fruit that has come from just one encounter, from just one interaction, and what God has done and continues to do. And now, as that brother and sister continue to share <coughs> and lead other people to Christ, they will lead other people to Christ, and they will lead other people to Christ, and they will lead other people to Christ. And what God does here is multiplication. <coughs> some of you, some of you have been planting. <coughs> this is her water, but she's my wife. That means I can drink it. Thank you. Some of you have been planting and trusting God and spreading His Word, trying to plant God's Word and close friends or co-workers or classmates. Maybe you've been sharing the Word of God with a member of your family and you're discouraged. I, I don't know what your situation is. You've encountered some with hard hearts, with big rocks, with weeds, and you're going, really, is it worth it? Maybe you're thinking about quitting. Maybe you have been tempted with that powerful temptation called apathy. And you're close to quitting. Not quitting on Jesus. Just quitting on doing what he's called you to do. And with everything in me, and with the authority of God's word behind me, I throw this before you, and that is, don't quit. Don't quit. Through the power of God's Word and through the power of His Holy Spirit who dwells in you, keep planting. Keep planting. Someone will come to Him. Someone will come to Him. <coughs> and when they come to Him, they will share with others. And then they will come to Christ. And the lives that are changed will become exponentially multiplied. Just throw that up here. <coughs> we'll just become, just, yeah, I can, I can catch. Just throw it. Yeah, thank you. You thought I was going to drop it, didn't you? 
Don't stop planting. Don't stop. You may be the only person. You may be the only person who is in that person's life right now who has the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That family member who has been so resistant, you've been praying for them maybe for years, maybe for decades, and I tell you, you keep praying for them. They may stop up their ears, they may resist you, they might fight you, they might hang up on you. That's fine, you keep praying because God, the God of the harvest, is going to do a multiplying work in their lives if you keep planting. (coughs) This same Jesus, on two different occasions, you remember them perhaps, transformed a small meal for one person into a feast for thousands. He did that not once, but two times, perhaps more but two times recorded in the Bible. Jesus is the God of multiplication. He is still the one who takes very little. He is still the God who can take very little if planted in faith that will produce very much. He is still that God. But you see, God desires to use us. He desires to use you. This same Jesus said this, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And he is still looking for people who will be faithful with little and then faithful with much. And I'm challenging you here this morning. Will you be that person? Will you be that person who says, God, I don't know why it's taking so long. I don't know exactly why the the dirt is so hard, so rocky or so weedy, but I'm going to keep trusting you for a harvest. And someday they will be mightily used of you affect the world around them. I'm going to remind you again, I've said it before, this world is not going to be reached. This world is not going to be reached by someone on a television screen. God can use them, but that's not how this, this world is going to be ultimately reached. It's not even going to be reached by, by uh, 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 the wonderful distribution of Scripture and Many of you are Gideons and God bless you for it. We need to, be get, we need to get the word out. But it's not, going to, it's not going to be won simply by strategically placing scriptures. That's just one part of it. It's not going to be won by pastors on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights. That's a part of it, but it's not, it's not going to be won by wonderful, faithful ministry leaders and Sunday school teachers. That's a part of it. It's a big part of it. It's going to be people who will go out into the field and keep planting even if the season is hard. Even if the soil is hard. Even if the soil is rocky or weedy. Because if we keep planting, God will bring a harvest. He will use you. He will use you.
Um, I am going to take this cob and I'm going to do something that you may think a little bit unusual. I'm going to just spread it down these aisles here. I want you to do something for me, and that is at the close of this service, I want you to take these, pick one up, and if possible, even put it in a strategic place where you can see it. It's just a seed. It's just a kernel of corn. I want you to do this because I want it to be a reminder for two things. I want you to do it for two reasons. One, as a reminder that God can use you. And so if you have the ability just to reach down and pick one of these up or have someone pick you up, pick it up for you. I mentioned that there are two reasons I want you to do this. Not only for that reason, for a reminder, but the second reason is, if you don't pick it up, the custodians are going to kill me. (laughs) There'll be more up here that runs out. The power of God's Word. I'd like to pray over you, and we're going to close in prayer here in a moment. And the difference, I see already some of you are picking it up. Thank you. But in just a moment, I'm going to have you stand and we're going to pray. And then as we close in prayer, there will be some music to play in the back. And Again, these altars are always, always open. Some of you, in fact, may need to come down and do some surrendering that we talked about earlier. Some of you need to perhaps come down and ask, ask the Lord to forgive you and say, Lord, I... I have, I've been apathetic in the harvest field, but I know that you desire to use me. And so, uh, and so these altars will always be open. But I want to pray for you, and then I would like you, when we close, you can either come to these altars or gather these up in the, in the uh, aisles. By the way, those of you in the balcony, you can come down as well and grab one. Many people in the balcony this morning. But I, I want to trust God for a harvest. And we have a lot of people here this morning, but do you notice that there's a lot of people, there's still a lot of space, isn't there? And you know, God, God help us if we, uh, if we ever forget about the many people who are unreached and the empty spaces that we have. It is my prayer, continues to be my prayer, that every church in this community that proclaims the message of Jesus Christ will be filled up many times over so that it will become increasingly difficult to go to hell from this area of the world. And it will happen because of you. Because you are involved, not simply in the harvest, but in the planting, the nourishing. Would you stand with me, please? And if you agree with this, would you just bow your heads Close your eyes, and I want to pray this with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters 
people who are here, who love you deeply. One of the reasons why they are here is because they love you deeply. But you did not call us to be simply decorative Christians who take up space, but who do not reproduce. You call us, you commissioned us, and you told this story in part to tell us that we have to trust you for greater returns, multiplied returns. Thank you for the fellowship that we have. It's because of you. And Lord, while I ask your blessing upon my brothers and sisters today, upon their families, their marriages, their parenting, their businesses, their farms, their ranches, their schools, while I ask your blessing upon them today, I ask that you will bless them not simply for their sake, but for the sake of the world that they will encounter around them in the next few hours and in the coming days. Jesus, I thank you that you love us and you gave yourself for us. But Lord, may we never hold this gift to ourselves, but may we take it, these seeds, as a reminder that we are a part of this harvest. We are a part of this planting. We will trust you. As we go our way, Lord, may your blessing again go with us in every area of our lives. We pray these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Pick up some corn. Take it with you. Pray over it. Be used of God. God bless you today.